What's a will? Take those monies and spread across families. My sister Hattie and Lou, the nephews, cousins, and TT. Eric, the rest of B for whatever she wants to do. She might start an institute. She might put poor kids in school. My stake in Rock Nation should go to you. Leave a piece for your siblings to give to their children, too. Title the champagne. Do say, I'd like to see a nice peace fund ideas for people who look like we. We gon' start a society. Okay, everybody. Okay, okay, okay. So... Y'all know the voice, y'all know the show, but in case you don't and you're new, this is another episode of Thoughts from a Counselor. We are your hosts, Lee Bitlesser III. And Paul Singleton II. So, we love guests. You know, we have a phenomenal network, and we love every opportunity to talk with them one-on-one, but especially on the pod. And today is no different. We brought back two of our wonderful professors to give their input, you know, their thoughts, and most importantly, their stories. Now we're going to take a a quick pause and let each of them introduce themselves and maybe say a a quick fact, a quick thought. You know, we'll let them choose. But on that note, Dr. Prescott, would you like to start us off? Sure. Um, So my name is Deandra Prescott, and I am an Associate Professor of Counselor Education and program of the program coordinator of the School of Counseling program at the University of Connecticut. Um, I love what I'm able to do every day. A lot of the time, it doesn't feel like work. It just feels like um, this important, impactful work that I'm able or like I'm expressing my values every single day. So, um, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me back. Mm-hmm. And we're happy that you joined us. <laughs> now, uh, Dr. Hines? Uh, Eric Hines, I too am an associate professor, and, and I'm glad to be in the same ranks as uh, Dr. Prescott over here, my colleague. And uh, I'm, an, uh, I'm at Florida State University, and I am the school counseling coordinator. So, quick plug if you. Uh, looking for an online program and you work full time, you know, check out Florida State School Counseling Program, 60 credit hours. Uh, I'm also the uh, counselor education coordinator and I oversee career and clinical mental health counseling as well. Uh, fun fact for, for me actually is that Florida State is actually my undergraduate alma mater. So I'm excited to be back. Uh, my mother is a little closer to home too. And hopefully being able to, to make some impact in my home state and, and in the local community of Tallahassee. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. And uh, Paul, you want to let them know who we are and what we're about? Absolutely. Uh, welcome, everyone, again. Um, for those who don't know, we are two black counselors in training who are bridging the gap between what we were taught, what we know, and what we think we know all through understanding the world by recognizing that the world is still being formed. So now that you have a great understanding of who we are, who our guests are, Libra, do you mind introducing us to our topic of the day? What are we talking about today? Okay, and today's topic is, of course, going to mirror our opening song because we want to talk about legacy and really the role that legacy plays in our lives. 
Uh, words have a lot of definitions, a lot of meanings. So to have the best possible convo, we always try to go to dictionary.com to pull one for y'all to use as a guide. And today we'll be using dictionary.com's second definition of legacy. It defines it as something that's handed down from the past, more specifically from an ancestor or a predecessor. But that's it for that, because now I'm going to toss the mic back to Paul, and he's going to hit us with our first question. Of course, the best time of the show. Well, one of the best times. It's the first question. Um, so today, let's introduce our first question, and it is, how do we feel about the definition of legacy? So when you all hear the definition, what are the first thoughts that come to your mind when you hear the definition of what legacy is? And we'll start with you, Dr. Prescott, if you don't mind. Yeah, um, you know, I think of, yeah, something that's passed down to you, but it's not only um, something that's passed down to you, but then it's in your control then to, to, to change it or pass some of those similar things along. So I look at it as that, too. I look at it as things passed down, but then it's in your control with how that will, how that will continue. Um, so I think that's a, it's a good definition, but I think there's more, there's just more to it than that um, with what it looks like to continue a legacy. Yeah, I, I would I would say the same, and and I would also add on like, you know, in in order to I agree with the definition, but also in order to have a legacy, I think you have to have some type of sustained tempo of impact and commitment to seeing change go further. And then I would also say to see a, a, a legacy manifested. I think we'll have to take a long time. So for me to even think about legacy, I'm probably thinking eighties, nineties in age or, or to be able to see something that has had a greater change that is bigger than our, ourselves or our realm of influence. Sure. And those two I words really resonate with me, impact and influence. So how, does that look also um, who is that going to not only if it is for your family or um, for yourself, but for the communities that you live in for your profession, wherever you're working, what is that lasting again, that long-term uh, impact or influence that I'm leaving for everyone around. Um, and sometimes legacies, it necessarily doesn't have to be a good thing too. Although ideally people want mm -hmm. their legacy to be positive, to be influential, um, the reality is some people leave negative uh, legacies or uh, ideas um, once they are no longer here or once they're in a role for an extended p uh, period of time. So that's something that I've always considered when I'm thinking about legacy. How am I leaving that long-lasting um, impact and influence, and is it a positive influence um, in the same time? at the same time? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think something that's really missing from this definition of legacy is the individual roles that we play in it, as you all highlighted, because it emphasizes, you know, from like the ancestor or the predecessor. And to me, that almost sounds like something that's detached from our personal role and personal decision making. And to be fair, right, you know, not all definitions are going to be full of pages that have all these thoughts that fully rounded out. But I do think it's good to try to, you know, be holistic in our view. 
And that now will inform the next question that we have, because I want to hear how would you all specifically define legacy? And last time we started with Dr. Prescott, so this time we'll start with you, Paul. For me, I I definitely, uh, it's a little bit of mirroring the actual definition, but I think I would define legacy as the impact or influence that I'm leaving behind once I'm gone. Um, and that's the simplest uh, form of that um, definition. However, when I think of the macro or think of the grand sense, it's, it's really truly what have I done in my day-to-day um, through the work that I'm doing, through the extracurricular activities, um, am I influencing or impacting the people around me in a positive way that they can speak highly of me? And again, it's not so much um, looking for that validation or um, I'm doing it so um, someone else can praise or pat me on the back. However, if I'm in something, I typically want it to be done right or I want to make sure that there's some type of impact or influence that people are feeling from the work that I'm doing. So I would definitely define it as uh, a long-term uh, impact or influence that um, I leave once I'm no longer here. And it doesn't necessarily mean that I have to die. I may no longer be at a company anymore. But what is my legacy at Claflin um, since I graduated from Claflin? What is going to be my legacy when I graduate from UConn? Um, so it can be any um, time. It, and it doesn't necessarily have to be when I pass away. Um, the same thing I said earlier. I think I just see legacy as like a sustained impact and although I, th- I think you can have the influence for me it, it's more than influence it would have to be the outcomes what what are the results what are the outcomes and, and i think that really determines your legacy or that even the legacy that comes before us and, and i'll and i'll give you a quick story like my my mother was the first to go to college and the first to we got, although we got our graduate degrees at the same time to go to graduate school. I, I saw my mother work with three kids, go to nursing school with three young kids by herself and, and be able to make it. So part of her legacy is that, you know what? We're resilient. We, we got the cards that we were dealt. This is how we uh, address them. And the outcome is that all three of our kids now got, they all have graduate degrees, whether they're terminal or just a practitioner master's degree. So that, to me, that's going to be a legacy that is going to be trans that has transformed our family and our bloodline for generations to come. So now my kids, they already have that expectation. They're already being trained differently in terms of not only just the value of education, but how to use it as a tool. Same thing with my, my grandmother. Didn't finish high school. Left a legacy for all of us. She told all of her kids. You better go to, you better finish high school. That was the minimum. Mm. All seven of our kids got a high school diploma, right? Same with my, my grandfather on my, my mother's side was one of the first police officers in uh, Tampa when they integrated uh, the police uh, force. Uh, so that, that's a legacy he left for us. And he was, he was alive back then doing segregation. And, and the stories I used to hear was, well, you know what? I'm not walking in the back of nobody's restaurant or nobody's store. I'm walking through the front, mm. and colored or not. And everybody respected that. He would walk through the front, get his food, uh, go to the go and come back. So that's a legacy. To you know, you have to be courageous. You have to keep moving forward in, in the face of danger and the face of opposition. So I, I think those are the things that will transcend time. You know, 
as we as we continue to discuss legacy, like things that you continue to think about. And my grandfather's been—he's been gone for about over thirteen, fourteen years now, and that's still a legacy that, like, if you go to Tampa or Orlando, people still remember. It. He has a street named after him. Talking about a mm. legacy. So, you know, I, I think it, it has to be outcomes. Like, what are the outcomes that come with the impact, the sustained impact that you have had, whether in your family, you can leave a legacy in your family, your community, or like, you know, we talk about here in our departments, in our programs, or even as professors or practitioners or students. Yeah, I don't know if I would um, have anything new to add to that. I see it just as you all said. It's a it's a mark. It's a footprint. Um, you know, whether it's on your immediate family or your community or um, you know your colleagues or your your field, whatever it is. Um, and I it makes me also think about my family as well because it's it's passing down essentially these values as well. Right. So, like, I think about, you know, my parents immigrated to the U.S. from Jamaica and Barbados in the early 70s, and they were able to sponsor, you know, their brothers and sisters mm -hmm. and other family members to come to the U.S. To, to create a certain life, right, for themselves and their children. And so my dad was the first one to have a bachelor's degree. My mother has an associate's, and, and for my brother and I, it was education is important, and not only education, but working as a team, right, and, and loving each other. That was part of the legacy that they left, and, and they got that from my grandparents. And so, yeah, I look at it as the values that, that we continue to pass down as well, so Yes, you know, education at a certain level will be a minimum for, for my children when they're here and for my, my twin nieces and, you know, but it's, it's also loving each other and working as a team and working um, in your community and helping each other. And it's, it's a group effort, not individual. Yeah, and the last thing I'd add is that I think, to me, I define legacy by presentness because that then is going to inform, you know, the future and the past. And sometimes our view of legacy can sort of be muddled by trying to look too far ahead, right? If we focus so much on where we want to be or where we're going, we forget to look at the steps we're taking and if those can get us there. Mm -hmm. And then in regards to the past, sometimes we end up trying to refute legacies of perhaps those around us. And then we make our legacy about refuting other narratives rather than something that is truly unique and precious to us. Absolutely. Um, and I think this is a perfect transition um, with the conversation still being around legacy and the now adding the ad added layers around our families and our lives. Um, this transitions into our next segment, which is focusing on when we first became aware of the importance of our legacy. So as we mentioned, legacy is related to our lives as we are always living them. And we have to be uh, aware of the legacies that we leave. So I wanna know, when was the first time you became aware um, of the fact that you have or you will have to leave a legacy? And I'll let everyone marinate on that. 
think about it, ponder for a second. I, I was 19 years old, mm. and, and that's when I was I was floundering in, in college. And uh, at Hillsborough Community College, you know, the place that I would say made me, and, and and I had to grow up and figure out what I had to do with my life, what I wanted to do with my life, and, and what I believe I was called to do. And I think at that point, that's when I realized what legacy really meant, like, you know, changing lives, being able to, uh, again, make an impact. I think, you know, for me, embrace it or embody the term of excellence, embody the term of, of, of greatness. So I, I knew kind of, you know, and, and that's not to say that I didn't make mistakes, that it wasn't saying that I was old. I was on this linear track straight focus I made a lot of mistakes and I think that that's the great part about legacy is that you know see, seeing the imperfection and trying to I don't want to say be perfect but but to be able to be a positive influence or be committed to being a positive influence uh, for the for the greater good and so uh, I, I learned a lot of lessons and I think even as I'm older now trust me I, I've Think of, I was like, Lord Jesus, 20 years ago, I, I was in community college, now it's different. But for, for having kids, I think once you have kids, I, I think that, at least for me, let me say that, it's like a heightened sense of urgency, not in a way where I'm panicking, but I, ha I have to think about what is it that I want my, my boys to know, what is it that I want them to, to hopefully do right? Because they, when they get grown, you can't control them. So hopefully the values, as Dr. Prescott said earlier, will come to fruition and it will manifest in their lives and, and, and that there will be, they will embrace greatness and excellence when, when I'm long gone. And, and I also think about their kids as well, trying to think generationally, what can I do now to make sure that their kids are fine and then that their kids' kids are fine as well. So that that was the w awareness. It was always there, but I think once I got married, kids, like another level of responsibility, it, it, I got more sensitive to it, what, what the term legacy would do mean and, and, and how, to, how to get there. I think for me it also happened during those undergraduate years because you're learning so much about yourself and there's all these decisions that you're making and you want to be more of an individual and um, all these things going on, at least with me. And two things happened during those years that made me think um, about, about legacy. So one, um, so I did my undergrad at Rutgers and the, the girls, uh, the girls basketball team was doing really well at the time. And, um, I really loved being there and blah, blah, blah. And I decided to, to dye the top of my hair bright red. And um, I remember I went home to visit uh, my parents and my mom was like, what is that? You know, and she was just saying to me, like, you have to think about um, the kids at church who are looking up to you and, and your cousins who are looking up to you. And it was really then that I started thinking about, I mean, I kept my hair red because I liked it, but I started thinking about like, okay, um, there's other, there's other people who are looking to me to be some type of an example. Um, and another thing that happened was 
uh, during my undergraduate years, I ran up a credit card. And my dad had this long conversation with me about credit and what good credit does and those kind of things. And I started thinking, and, you know, now years later, it makes a lot more sense with how those things affect you years later. But it, um, that was when I really started thinking, oh, okay, so a lot of what I'm doing right now um, is a lot bigger is a lot bigger than me. And I have to think about years from now, not just today. Um, so I would say that was probably the first time I really started thinking about it. And then it got stronger, like, okay, I was getting my master's or I decided to move to, to Florida for my PhD. And it was, I have a responsibility, right? Like there's a lot going on here that's bigger than me. I'm realizing things that my grandmother wanted for me. And she, you know, my grandmother passed over 25 years ago, but she, she wanted so many things for me. And I'm thinking like at UCS and the PhD program, my goodness, this is exactly what she wanted for me. Mm. This is exactly what so many people wanted for me. So it's, it's, it's so much bigger than just me. Um, but yeah, I would say that's when I really started taking it seriously. Wow. I, um, I would say I first recognized it probably when I was turning 13. It was a big deal for me, I, for me just to see it, right? Because my father, instead of getting giving me money, and I got toys, games, all this other stuff for my birthday, but my father gave me a CD. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> I can't use this now, or give me a bond. I can't remember which one. And maybe I'm dating myself, but needless to say, um, I was shocked as as a teenage uh, boy. I was like, I can't use this immediately. Why am I getting this? And he had a conversation with me similar to the stories that we already heard around the importance of saving my finances, looking towards the future, and potentially building, uh, I guess, a foundation for myself and my future children and my children's children. Um, and it started from there. But I don't think I truly emb embodied it or uh, really made sure that it was something that I uh, paid attention to until my grandfather passed away. Um, I was just floating around. Uh, didn't, I just got into graduate school. I knew that I had a purpose. I knew I wanted to do something, but I was still trying to figure all this out. And then when my grandfather passed away and to be put in his will, to be remembered, um, and to, I guess, be bestowed a, a responsibility to make sure um, everything that he left for me uh, was taken care of and for my family and for the future of our, excuse me, of our family, um, it was something that really resonated with me. And it was like, it's no longer, it never was just about me. However, now I have to think about um, this on the grand scale, like, what am I going to do when I pass away? How will I make ensure that this, like, part of our, our history, this part of our family, this part of our overall Singleton Brown legacy is maintained um, and it was something that now I, I've taken on the chin and, and really tried to make sure that I live it every day um, something that I consider every day um, and it's changed all my actions from that moment so I think unfortunately the, the circumstance may have not been the best because I don't think we ever want to lose people that we care for or love however if it wasn't for that moment I would have probably it would have taken me just a little bit longer um, to really realize the importance of worrying about that legacy and making sure that I continue the legacy that my grandfather started.
and 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 again to be at the probate, to be at the funeral, and to see all these lives that he impacted, um, whether <laughs> right, wrong, or indifferent on how those lives came in our family or came in our vicinity, it was the fact that this man James Brown uh, left the impact. He left the mark. He made sure that everyone who came in his uh, vicinity was taken care of, loved, and knew that he took um, that he cared for them in a deeper sense um, of the word. So. And I love all of this emphasis on the internal and external pieces of legacy, because legacy really is a communal experience. I don't think any of us experience it in isolation. And the legacies that we've left look a little different in the hearts of those around us, right? But that's the good and the bad, because now we can get better informed about the legacies we're leaving and whether we're doing a good or a shaky job on it but also how we can incorporate the legacies of others into ours. Because if you see, for example, that your peers are leading a legacy that's more in the one you're looking to lead, then that's one more reason to network, to connect, to build those bonds, because now you have another way to explore yourself through exploring others. And then conversely, when we see that perhaps one person's legacy is a little different from ours, or at least the interests of their legacy are different, that's when you recognize that two things can be true, that you can be on the right path for you and I, that person's on the right path for them. And we have to go about pursuing that because sometimes we do think the legacy I had at five, or at least the idea of legacy I had at five has to be what I'm keep going. You know, that has to be what I stick to. But as Dr. Prescott discussed on our career development episode, a person changes their career interest three to four times. Mm. So that means their legacy interest and how they conceptualize it is going to equally change. And to now talk about like my view when I first became aware of legacy, I think it'd be most correct to say I'm always becoming more aware of it because at every phase in life, you know, the legacy looks a little different because more has been added. You know, my legacy at 18 when I left high school was, very different than my legacy of when I was 22 leaving college and now it'll be different when I graduate this year a little before turning 25 because now I'll be leaving grad school right and I've added new things to my bag and to my arsenal and the legacy interest will have differed some because I've been experiencing life you know I'm out here doing stuff and I think that's something we always have to center in such conversations just the idea that it's okay to keep growing your self-view and more specifically your internal talk. Because sometimes we bully ourselves with our legacy and we like, you put in 10 years on this degree, you know, your legacy is to, um, is to be a counselor educator. So what do you mean you like cooking now? Why would you leave for a culinary program? Right. It's like, whoa, the legacy doesn't just explode <laughs> because we shifting it a little bit. In fact, a lot of people would love to be counseled while they're eating good food. So you can do both. And I'm sure a lot of folks would be like, hmm, I might pay you extra to do both. But since we answered the next question kind of well, we can now transition to the next segment. Oh, and um, I know you were short on time, Dr. Prescott. Do you have time to maybe answer one more? Okay, so then you got it, Paul. Uh, for sure, for sure. I, I just want to add to the second part about mentors and peers who have uh, influenced the conversation about legacy. I know I mentioned a lot about my family, um, which they had a large impact um, on how I perceive and conceptualize my own legacy and my family's legacy. 
but I would be remiss if I didn't mention um, the mentors that I have in my life now. Like talking with a Dr. Hines about my purpose almost every day, almost every week, um, really uh, supports that that journey and has me reframe and rethink. To your point, Lever and Dr. Prescott as well about that shift that you have to make that um, adapting to the current times, adapting to your current situation, so you can properly create a solution and a path to help you actually achieve that destiny and/or uh, legacy. So I want I would I definitely would feel bad if I didn't mention or highlight. Um, how much Dr. Hines has meant and been a part of my own journey around my own legacy and purpose. I have to joke a little bit. Your legacy almost changed when you you was like, no, Dr. Hines, I don't know if I'm coming to UConn. I got to think about it. I I have to put that in there just a little bit. But you made the right decision. (laughs) I did. But in my defense, uh, I was just trying to leverage my options at the time. And <laughs> it never hurts. Uh, two things can be true. I wanted to come to UConn, but I also wanted to make sure that UConn was the best space for me. And sure enough, it was. So I am grateful. And thank you for <laughs> reminding me of I me almost saying no. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yes, as uh, Lieber mentioned, um, now we can talk about and discuss legacy and our identity. Right. So our identities play a major and key role in how we craft our own legacies because of the way others may seek. Uh, to make them and guide them through any stereotypes or barriers that um, may be placed in front of them. But in what ways have the views of others influenced your legacy? And I think I've spoken on this a little bit, but having um, a mentor, having someone with a different perspective to give you those alternative uh, eyes or give you those extra pair of eyes to see um, where you're going and what you're doing and maybe coming up with a new way of viewing that, I think for myself, that is one way that my mentors and my peers have influenced my legacy and my choices around it. But I would love to hear from the rest of you. And would you like to kick it off, Dr. Prescott? Because I don't want to hold you for too long. Sure. Um, I have to think about that one. But I think about <laughs> it's okay. Um. So I grew up I grew up in church, right? I went to church every weekend and everything, and that was a big part of um, my life. And, you know, people have a lot to say about you at church, and they're, they're watching you grow up, and they, they have their opinions and things. And I remember um, hearing certain people say to me, like, oh, she's, she's too shy, and she barely speaks, and this and that, and... Um, they heard about my interest with school and it was, how is she going to become a counselor? How will she do this? How will she do that? So I think that the the positive messages and support along with the other things that we also hear influence our legacy because I find myself years later, um, you know, talking to, to so many students or just people who I know, and I tell them, don't don't let anyone tell you that um, shy is bad or quiet is bad, or just because you're not um, the biggest extrovert, that's 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 bad. That's not a good thing. Um, and I think it comes from getting those messages uh, when I was younger, and so that's also I think become part of how I try to pass down. Um, values, right, or just the way that we think about um, ourselves, 
and, and connect our identities to our abilities and things that we can accomplish. Um, my, my friends, I have a, a, a small, tight-knit circle of friends, and we talk about legacy often. You know, we, we talk about everything from the importance of education to home ownership to good credit. We'll, we'll, we'll compare our, our credit scores, and we push each other to do things to try to get that credit score up. And we, we talk about the impact that we want to have, um, you know, when people hear our name, and whatever that is, too. It doesn't always have to be these huge, impactful things that we think about in our minds, but it's also the small things. Like, you know, I was talking to my mom the other day, and for Christmas, I bought her this nice set to write her recipes down on because she's practically a chef, but <laughs> she doesn't share her recipes. And I'm like, Mom, you know, none of us will be here forever, and you need to leave those recipes. I need to be able to make that mac and cheese, like, for my kids and for my friends. You know, I need the Afghan saltfish recipe. What are you doing? So it's those things, too. Um, but all of that influences the way I think about the way I think about legacy because whether or not we want to leave one, we leave one. So it's about, you know, how intentional will we be with what our legacy looks like. Um, but I have those conversations quite often, you know, especially now as my nieces get older, as I think about becoming a mom shortly and um like it's just those things are coming to mind with what with what things I want to hand down. Just add a little bit and round it out. We have to think about how our thoughts and our assumptions influence the legacies of others. Because, like, for example, a lot of black girls when – well, a lot of black children especially, but specifically black girls too, when they're shy and they're all this other stuff, it's a bunch of follow-up. Like, are you being rude? Are you being feisty? And it's like, think about how that now impacts their legacy because now you've altered their trajectory because now they think, oh, it's wrong to be me because kids get shy. <laughs> kids sure. get nervous. You know, kids need time to put their thoughts together. And as little people, but still people, kids need to have room to explore all of that. Because we never even ask, well, hmm, have I assisted this child to being comfortable? It's just what you being shy for. <laughs> But um, again, thank you for joining us, Dr. Prescott. I know you have to go. It's always happy that you you know you join us. You have us here, and we're gonna invite you back soon, right, Paul? Absolutely. It wouldn't be right if we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. If I didn't have this conference, I would stay on. But I just gotta run. But hey, you, you changing the world. You exactly. Go ahead. <laughs> this is a part of your legacy, Dr. Prescott. So this is all tied in together. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you again. Dr. Hines, I will be in touch with you. Thank yes, you. likewise. Look forward. Have a good presentation. Good yes. to meet you in nice virtually. You. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care. Be safe. Now, Dr. Hines, do you want to add? Uh, oh, go ahead. Leave it. Oh, uh, yeah. I was just about to say, <laughs> I was going to make a joke about connecting. <laughs> I, I, I think Le 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 Liebert in the wind right now. He on cloud nine. <laughs> uh, uh, I think uh, so. I try to make sure 
that I have the right people around me to say when we talk about like legacy, like I, I try to be around the people that I know are doing things who are, and I say this, I mean, this is literally and figuratively like changing the world or who want to improve their lives to the, to the next level. I, I think when we talk about legacy and influence, it could be a negative influence. You know, some people, their legacy, they, they want to be the biggest. And I'm just using this as an example. They want to be known as the biggest dope boy. That's the legacy too. Or he was this biggest corner boy. Mm. And so I think when we talk about this word legacy, it, it, it has to, in my opinion, talk about what, what is the way that you influence humanity. And that can be just making your children better people to, so that they can be better in society. That is legacy right there. We don't necessarily talk about that or, you know, you, you doing a good deed to another person that that's, and people know whether they know or don't know, they eventually find out, you know, doing those type of things that I think encourage a le- legacy. So if, if I had to say, I had to, I, so I listen to a few like it's very few. You can ask my wife, certain people, <laughs> uh, and I look at I look at your outcomes and, and and your results. I look at your lifestyle. I don't really listen to what you say. Mm-hmm. I mean, I listen, but I don't really take that. I take it as a grain of salt because your your rhetoric has to ma- um, match your results, has to match your outcome. And that, that last point about legacy matching that outcome sticks out so well. Because I remember how, like, when I came into UConn, you know, it was sadly on the heels of your departure. Mm. And I had heard so many good things. I'm like, what? Hines helped establish, like, a learning community? Like, and I'm about to be in the program? Like, that's, I was so excited for that. But when I heard more of the reasons why, and especially just the fact that, like, you wanted to be back at your alma mater. Like, I understand that more than anything. It was like you have to realize that legacy is sometimes about going from place to place mm-hmm. as you see fit. Mm-hmm. Because when we are crafting and adding to our legacies, we have to realize what an environment now has served its purpose, perhaps for now or perhaps terminally, because legacy going to keep going. Right. So sometimes the legacy we started here and maybe even ended here we got to bring somewhere else because somebody else needs that same bit of our talents and our skills that will now become our legacy over there. Absolutely. And I want to just add, we're not painting this picture that it's an easy transition either because knowing um, regardless what legacy, there's a little bit of attachment with it too, especially if you're doing great things, if you're embodying greatness, if you're pursuing your purpose, you're going to leave impacts with folks that don't want you to leave that don't want you to stop doing the work that you're doing. So understanding that, yes, um, it may be temporary, the work, what I'm doing is for the community, but that doesn't mean that I don't want to be here. That doesn't mean that I've used you for whatever um, ends to a mean. Now I'm just um, bouncing and, and leaving you. No, it's maybe a part of my journey, part of my path, and I need to go through um, these different phases and go in these different environments because in order to expand that legacy, I can't be content or complacent to be in this one comfortable area. Legacy sometimes means, as you mentioned, um, taking that chance, stepping out, and expanding that reach and that, that uh, I guess, that impact, per se. And to 
now share my specific response to the question. I think about how, especially being like <laughs> a black man in the counselor education and mm. soon to be therapeutic field, mm-hmm. so much of the discussions of the legacies I would leave were, well, why do you like talking about feelings? Like, why, why do you want to do that? Because again, you know, we're socialized and especially as men to think, oh, like, we don't need, we don't have no need for that, man. Like, especially once you get to them older ages, like, just go to the bar. Like, right. what's wrong <laughs> with you? <laughs> and you try to explain to people, hey, like, there's real merit and even outside of, like, the clinical spaces of having those candid, those emotional conversations, because that informs all your relationships. But to have our legacies, we sometimes do have to part with some of the whisperings of others, because people's legacy like we said earlier and ours are a tad bit different and personally you know i didn't want to leave a legacy as a person that was devoid of them wonderful emotions right of those explorations and i also realized too that i want my legacy to be about further connecting with others and a part of that is making the space for that like saying hey whatever we're sort of going to discuss is what is going to be on the table you know nothing is off limits and especially when I did my undergrad at Morehouse, and I got to see the various dimensions of just exploring blackness, right, and then exploring black maleness, I realized, wow, there's a lot of stuff my other environments didn't prepare me to do that I want to incorporate into my legacy. Sure. Like, when I found out about research, and I was like, what? Like, I can research anything? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I was like, yeah, like, I'm about to add that to my legacy. And I remember one of the first studies I did was, examining the effects of seeing like you know images of police brutality on black students Mm. because i'm like this is something that we keep talking about and that we feel a way about but when i look in the literature i'm still not quite seeing that and my professor made a joke she was like well yeah because you got to do it (laughs) i was like oh (laughs) because that was another thing i now got to add to my legacy this idea of you know look into it and if you see the space, you know, if you don't specifically see it yet, go about filling it, you know, go about adding it. Because now it's like the proactiveness that helps me lean into my journey as I craft it step by step. And now, did either of you two want to weigh in before we go to the next question? Or, oh, I see you shaking your head, Dr. Hyde. You all set? Well, no, you took it to the house. I, yeah. So I, I don't know how to follow up with that, you know. <laughs> You're so you're so thoughtful and and, and prolific and reflective. That's a great black man. I, yeah, I could see you being a, a professor and the president of Morehouse one day. Yes, yes. <laughs> claim it, claim it, make it part of his legacy. You, you heard him say, "Go back to my alma mater." That would be dope, right? Yes, it would. <laughs> I, I, you heard but it. you know what? That's another good point too. Sometimes legacy has to be spoken on to you by others. Absolutely. Sometimes you don't realize where your path is heading until somebody's like, you know what? You realize what you could do with like your vision and your skills. Now you're like, hmm. Right. That, that's why right. when you talk about legacy, you can't let everybody speak into your life. No. That's why I told you I only listen to certain people. Right. And the older I get, that 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 circle get really small. <laughs> so you know, I, 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 ask Paul. Paul will tell. Nope, I'm not talking to that person. Nope, I'm not. It gets real tight, real quick. Uh, I don't make because if, if you're living on purpose and and you're trying to create a legacy, 
we got to eliminate uh, uh, eliminate distractions. Right. I mean, and part of distractions could be the wrong people in your life and, and not speaking or, or or helping or challenging you in a positive way to to fulfill your purpose or to to move forward in what you would accomplishing your life goals or for some people a higher calling like you have to think about that when you talk about a, a, a positive and, an, and a, uh, an impactful and an influential legacy i guess i did have something to say <laughs> <laughs> and that speaks well. to discernment too like really really well like sometimes the folk we want to talk to about our legacy aren't quite the ones we need to be talking to is about because some components of legacy do involve that specialization. Like Paul led with, if you mm -hmm. want to talk about your legacy, like creating a master's experience, creating a PhD experience, you can't just talk to your homie who you shoot hoops with, which isn't to say that people with masters and PhDs don't be out there shooting hoops. I'm sure y'all get fucking, <laughs> <Right. laughs> but sometimes those aren't the immediate people with the knowledge. So we have to recognize, okay, like I'm making this step by step, but who's two steps ahead of me? You know, who mm -hmm. is who is already like sat down and is comfy while I'm going through the motions, right? Sure. Who can mm. give me info rather than me trying to recreate the wheel so that my legacy is streamlined rather than my mm -hmm. legacy being a bunch of, okay, I think I like this. <laughs> Right, and that helps you build the foundation for others. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Because I, I, mm -hmm. I want to say, though, uh, I would still have those conversations, even though they may not be specialists in a certain field. I think iron sharpens iron. Um, and sometimes people need to hear what you're doing or see what you're doing and, and that you're embodying and acting it out um, so they can do the same. That doesn't mean that you're doing it for them. However, um, because if I don't have someone who has a master's or PhD, that shouldn't limit me to only speaking to them about it or getting feedback. Again, that doesn't mean I have to listen to what they have to say, but I never, you never know the impact that you leave on people, um, especially if they don't speak up. So I've seen many examples of students have reached out to me, uh, specifically recently at dur around graduation, where I've had maybe one or two conversations with them about their lives, about their purpose, maybe their freshman year, and now that they're graduating, it's coming full circle and saying, Paul, if you didn't have that conversation, if you didn't discuss your purpose or your plan and what you wanted to do, I don't think I would have been able to find my own or at least to figure out um, the ways to properly access or talk to the right people to figure out my new path or my own uh, purpose. So I think there is some beauty in making sure that you do share and you do listen and grow from those who have experiences um, you know, achieving legacy or achieving certain um, benchmarks or uh, greatness. However, for those who are not there or who need support um, reaching those levels, it's equally important for you to share your journey with them as well, in my opinion. And that is now a great tie-in into what will be our final question, because it is very important to have others be present in our legacy in some capacity. So the questions, I, the question that I now want to pose to you all is in what ways have you included others in your legacy? And that can be from the perspective of in the past to maybe right now in the current time. Well, uh, I, I, I think I, I think my 
I don't know. I think just being an educator, you know, every student, every colleague, I, I think has been probably a part of my, I guess, future legacy, ongoing legacy. I, I think, I, I think one of the, I think getting the PhD was transforming, but I think that helps a lot of young black men see that they can do it. Uh, I, I've helped countless young black men getting their PhDs and counselor ed and women too. I, I think one of the ways I kind of see how it plays out for me is that I have graduate students way before y'all came back in 2010, 2011, 2012, that have gotten PhDs. I used to work for, the Ronald E. McNair program back in the, the, the early 2000s, like 05 to like 09. And they were undergrad. And now they got kids and married. They got their PhDs and master's degrees. So it, it kind of blows my mind to kind of see like over the last probably 13 to 14 years how kind of students, have been impacted by some of the work that I've done. And, and I don't take credit, all the credit. I mean, the parents, support groups, they, they had to have the will, fortitude to do it. I mean, right now, we could talk about some of the students that are still in scholars that, what, what is it, three or four of them are going to grad school? No, five, if you count the other ones who are going to get Six. their PhD. It, it, it's it's like phenomenal to kind of see like they were just freshmen, fresh out of high school. Try, we're trying to get them to their FYE classes. Or they, I remember one debate they were having about, you know, do we help each other? Am I my brother's keeper? Everybody have to do it by themselves. And now to see, you know, the, these guys are kind of in their careers or, or going to grad school. So I don't know if I, hopefully I answered the question, Lieber, but. I think, you know, you, you outcomes speak volumes. Do I have the, and this is not trying to be braggadocious, I, I, I got a somewhat of a track record, and, and I hope to continue to have a track record of outcomes and results. You know, we, we look at Steph Curry. When he hit them threes, I mean, he got three rings, right? Right. That's outcomes. He, he, he's he's, he's going to be spoken about for years to come. Same with Michael Jordan. Look, look at LeBron. Same with LeBron. LeBron wanted what the first to do it. Three rings, three different teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, four rings rather, but three different teams. I mean, you 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 can't refute his legacy. Kobe. People still talk about Kobe today. Kobe got a Grammy for a cartoon he made. You know. So I think I think we have to. I hope that I leave a body of work. That's legacy. I hope that I leave a body of work that can serve as a blueprint, but also that has enhanced and improved the quality of lives for the people that I, I had the opportunity to eat, just to be a vapor or a glimpse in, in, in their story or in their purpose or in their journey. No, you talk about. Oh, wait, you gonna go for it? Yeah, I, I'm saying wow, and I was getting ready to say, um, he was uh, Dr. Hines was talking about following up you, and I I think the reverse is in in favor right now. Um, that was well said, Dr. Hines. Um, but not to belabor the point, but I know for myself at least, when I think about the ways that I include others, it's more indirectly. 
when I, when I think about being the first black male to graduate for, um, from college in my family, the first individual uh, black male to, to graduate from with a, a graduate degree, first uh, individual to pursue a PhD in my family. So leading by example in a certain extent, and including now my little cousins who asked me in, in about preparation to graduate school and going to college. Thinking about my friends who may not have had the opportunity to pursue college or to get out of our community, um, but yet still have them a part of my own journey um, and a part of my legacy um, is something that means something to me. So um, whether or not they are in my space or in my vicinity, um, a lot of people still make an impact and I try to bring them into my world, especially if they mean something to me. Again, that doesn't mean that everybody, oh, I meet you. Hey, Paul, nice to meet you. Welcome to my legacy group. Hop on in. No, it's, it's not as simple as that. <laughs> However, when people make an impact or imprint on your life, especially those who are invested and willing to pour into you, then I, I think that effort is reciprocity at the end of the day. So if they're pouring into you, I must pour back into them. And part of that could be doing some work for them, a part of their legacy, and having that um, dual relationship. For example, Dr. Hans will have us on his show a little bit later today, right, or one of his interviews, and that's a part of his legacy and his journey of being a great and phenomenal educator. However, just as much as he, we're pouring into him, he pours into us, showing up for our show, having conversations about graduate school and counseling in general, having conversations about life. Uh, I've had conversations about buying a home, taking out a loan. This man has helped me buy my own car, right? So at the end of the day, um, if that individual is willing to do for you just like you would do for them, I think it's automatic in some sense, especially if it's positive or uh, influential change that is happening in your life. It's kind of necessary for me to bring them in because um, greatness uh, promotes greatness. You know, iron sharpens iron, and that um, iron mindset, again, is something that I try to live by, and that's how I include others in my own legacy. How about you, Lieber? Do you have anything to add? Yeah, uh, before I answer, I just want to emphasize how amazing it is that legacy can be so small at times, like us choosing to, like, share our story with somebody or make time for somebody and how that can drastically change the trajectory of where they're going. And sometimes we forget that because we're often told that you have to do these big and grand things to add to another person's legacy. You don't realize how like showing love and care can greatly affect people's legacy and can be so meaningful, especially on like a grad school journey or an undergrad journey. Like, think about all the small people who maybe checked in on you, you know, maybe offered you a shoulder, you know, sometimes offered you a pencil, <laughs> right. and now you're right. able to do your work, which okay. means now you can get a good grade, which means now you can look a little more competitive when you apply for an opportunity, and now you can better talk about your skill set. Like, all them small little things snowball into something tremendous. Yes. And that's why it's important that when we talk about our own legacies, we don't diminish them and say, ah, oh, like, I just got the undergrad degree, man, or I just got the high school degree. Because at any given time, you know, your lived experience, your connections, your legacy are meaningful. And depending on who you talk to, you are the one, right? Like, think about how many local legends our parents still talk about. People they haven't seen in years, but they did something that wowed them. Yeah. Now they like, man, that dude or 
that girl, man, like they they did whatever the thing was, they did the thing or like even something simple like parachute pants, which cracked me up. I haven't seen a pair of parachute pants in real life. Emma, Emma. But the legacy of, the legacy of parachute pants will never die because I'm going to always joke with people. You know, in the 70s and 80s, they was wearing parachute pants. Right. Because that just cracked me up. Hammer. Hammer time. But to, uh, to, now answer the question, I try to include others in my legacy everywhere I go. Because my legacy is enriched by interacting with others. Um, every approach that I take is based on trying to share myself with those around me and then letting them share back with me. So that's how I get attitude. There are so many small things that you'll be thinking, like, I got this down pat, like, I'm cool. And you might. But then you see somebody who does it just a little cooler, a little easier. Now you're like, wow, look at that. And now you've been added to, you know, now your your story is a little richer, all because you were like, let me make sure my legacy is about looking around rather than just looking in. Because you, you can only look inward if you want, and if you got it like that, you know, go crazy. But it's so much, you gain so much from being attentive to all that's around you. Like, I wouldn't even think about adding, you know, like podcasting to my legacy if I hadn't, if I hadn't added doing panels to my legacy, which then speaks to being in the classroom, speaking in class, actively participating. It's so many small things that will really prepare you to fine tune your legacy that if you don't pay attention and, you know, you don't reflect, you'll miss. But it's important for us as leaders, as people who are trying to pursue that, that legacy and trying to pursue excellence to ensure that whether or not um, those around us and the people that we do bring into our circles that they understand and have the language to actually, you know, say that. Because again, um, it's one thing if we we understand it. It's one thing that we know it and we can walk it. However, if the people around us don't know how to ask for help, don't know how to verbalize that this is what they need or this is what they're doing, I think that makes pursuing their legacy that much harder. So if it, what is it, reach one, teach one. Um, and if you can reach one, you should try to ensure that these individuals um, have the proper access to the resources and the knowledge so they can also relay those messages just as well and succinct as we may. And now, Paul, if you don't have any other thoughts, Dr. Hines, would you like to lead us into the closing? Dr. Hines, do you have any final thoughts? Oh, I, oh, I thought it was meant. Yeah. No, I, well, yeah. My <laughs> final thought would be, you know, it's the professor. Professors, they talk. They just hey, talk. You know. Okay. Um, Part of the description. I think we just, just. I think every day we just. I, I think legacy could just be in the small things, right? Mm -hmm. Legacy could get getting up when when you don't feel like getting up to do to operate in your purpose or to to be able to fulfill a, a higher calling. Also think that le legacy can also be, again, just highlighting, just improving your quality of life for your family or for your friends. Uh, I, I think it doesn't have to be anything on a Avengers level or <laughs> Superman level, Superwoman, right. but it, we, we could do small things that will have a, a big impact for our families later on down the road. 
Wonderful, wonderful. And I hope that we all have an opportunity and continue, not only the opportunity, but we continue to ensure that our legacies are supported, that our families and those around us who are part of our legacies are supported, and that we're doing everything in our uh, ability um, and purview to ensure that we pursue that excellence, embody it, and make sure that we do leave a long-lasting legacy, um, not only for ourselves, but for our communities and our families. So I want to thank you again, Dr. Hans and Dr. Prescott, um, for coming to this uh, podcast, having a brief discussion around legacy and the importance of it. So now we've hit the part of the show where we highlight someone else's legacy, right? Those who are in the midst of pursuing excellence, those who are doing great things, those who are leading by example. That's right. We made it to, we all, we finally made it. We're here. We're at the segment where we highlight those who are doing good or who just need a, a little bit of love um, or that we want to highlight or sh uh, shout out. So for this week, do you both have any lead by example examples or nominees? Yeah, for my lead by example, I'm going to shout out Spelman College because nice. today is their founder's day. You know, as the number one private HBCU, but more specifically a phenomenal institution for growth and development, I think going to Morehouse offered the unique experience to be right next to three other amazing HBCUs. And that communal component really has added to the way I view everything. Um, it really encouraged me to build quality networks in a way that if I had perhaps stayed in state and perhaps gone to a bigger institution, I may not have learned to do. So happy Founders Day to the Spelman folks. This is for you, Spelman. Spelman sisters, all the, all the wonderful women, educators, students, champions from that institution. Happy Founders Day. Keep doing what you're doing for the community of Georgia and the world. And for women all I around. I think one of the famous, uh, famous uh, uh, alum, alumna had a birthday yesterday. I think Keisha Knight Pulliam. Oh. Either yesterday or Friday. So, you know, shout out to Spellman. Shout out to Spellman. <laughs> Happy Black women coming. rock and black women matter. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And two times for the black my, women. My, my, yeah, yeah. My lead by example would be Jessica Ford, mm. Paul Singleton, and, and Liebert Lester III. I, I think these young people, the three of them have taken a lead role in defining what education can look like and, and, and inspiring other people. And they're all young, all under the age of 35. And I think that's phenomenal because they, in a sense, they've used their graduate programs to as a springboard for purpose, for uh, influencing others, and, and also being, I think, thoughtful in the way they, they want to lead by example for other folks. And so I, I want to give the three of y'all kudos uh, because y'all are doing some phenomenal things in the state of Connecticut and in the Hartford area. And, and so, and, and if people knew your background, they would probably be kind of floored to how you got to this place, which we'll talk about in the latest segment in another video. But I, I think that, the three of you have set the trend on what, what young excellence looks like in the making. 
Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. So here's the clap for Jessica, for Liebert, for Paul, for Dr. Hines, for molding and supporting our greatness and always affirming us. You all are amazing people. This one's for you. I personally love when the shout outs include me, so I'm extra. <laughs> As you said. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, for me, I don't know if I mentioned this young man last week. I've been on the scholars train, Dr. Hines, every week. Uh, Libra will tell you I've been highlighting our young scholars who are graduating and getting ready to pursue um, their careers and or going to graduate school. Um, did I mention Malachi last week? Libra, do you remember? Well, you might you so last week you mentioned I think more than once. So that's, that's right. So uh, yeah, that's what that's what's throwing me off right now. Um, however, I'm still gonna highlight Malachi Bridges from New Haven 203 Stand Up because not only is he getting ready to pursue graduate school, but he just found out that he will be pursuing graduate school on the university's dime. So he just earned a fellowship, the Cordero Crandall Fellowship or Crandall Cordero Fellowship which is a prestigious award here at the University of Connecticut, which not only takes care of your tuition, but also provides you a financial stipend to live and to conduct your research and to work, um, whether it's through a GA or a research assistantship. So shout out to Malachi. Um, he's done a lot of great things, not only in New Haven, but at the University of Connecticut, Africana Studies, Poli Sci, um, you name it, he does it. He recently uh, just became a member of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated, which is phenomenal as well. This man is embodying excellence. Like if I could describe, if I had to go in the dictionary and look up the word excellence and, and have a sub picture or a subtitle, it would be Malachi. And especially if you wanted to have the New Haven Dictionary of Excellence, he probably would be on the cover, the back uh, page, the foreword. You name it, he would be all over that book. That's how great this young man is. And I just wanted to make sure that if I didn't do it last week, I'm definitely doing it today. Um, Malachi, you deserve all the praises. Keep doing what you're doing. You are a true, um, the, the true or the prime example of black excellence, especially black male excellence. So it's been an honor to be a part of your journey. And I'm sure Dr. Hines and Lieber feel the same way too. Because you do what you do, brother. You keep doing it. Shout out to you, Malachi. It's 203, right? I said that. See, matter of fact, I did say this last week, too. It is 203. I know my area. Yeah, because I made a joke <laughs> about you butchering Corey there. Facts, so. facts, facts. <laughs> so I think I mentioned Javon last week, but this week, Malachi, you're getting the love. Keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> now, uh, Libra, do you mind going into our question of the day before and as well as our key takeaways? Okay, yeah. So on our wonderful Instagram, which is at Thoughts from Counselors, we post lots of neat content, everything from podcast updates to episode snippets. We recently crafted an email list where we'd love for you all to sign up, where we share, you know, quick facts about our hosts, our journeys, and mental health updates, and questions of the day. And for today's question of the day for this episode is, how do you craft a legacy. And I'm going to say that one more time for y'all. How do you craft a legacy? Feel free to comment on it once it goes up, share, repost, but engage because we love to hear back from y'all. You know, the benefit of social media is we can hear y'all thoughts 
just like y'all hear ours. Right on, right on. And now, oh, <laughs> sorry, Paul, what were you about to say? No, nah, I was just affirming you. I said, right on, right on. <laughs> and now, everybody, this is your last uh, chance to share any closing thoughts. These are our key takeaways. You can leave the listeners with one last idea that maybe you didn't get to share before. Um, you can just further affirm how you felt about your legacy, you know, your journey. Or you can just leave it as you feel like the conversation was well had. So, Dr. Hines, and of course, you too, Paul, do you have any key takeaways you want to close with? I think just one key takeaway, just to make it simple. Uh, just do do what you can with what you have, which contributes to your legacy. So, so you may not be in graduate school right now. You may just be working and in high school. Well, your grades. If you're in high school, make good grades. Set the tone for your siblings and set the tone for yourself. That in itself will lead to you marking uh, a, a legacy for yourself in the future. Wonderful. I would say do not be pressed down by the chaos or the, the uh, maybe uncertainty that you may have if you are still trying to figure out your legacy. Understand that it is a, a marathon and not a sprint. Um, recognizing that you still have time, you can still develop, and you can take advantage of whatever resources or mentors or peers that you have in your life um, to help you support and craft that idea of what your legacy will look like and what it may be. So understand that you can still pursue excellence no matter where you are. It just takes you to uh, shift your mindset from not being focused on it to being mindful of it moving forward. And I know everyone who's listening and everyone who may hear about this podcast um, would embody that as well. So that would be my takeaway for you. How about you, brother? Yeah, my key takeaway will be don't let your burdens feel like your legacy. Sometimes when we have a lot on our plate, we think, you know, this is my responsibility. This is my thing to share. But like we discussed in length, you have to allow others into your story to allow them into your legacy. And that's the only way to craft an authentic legacy. So it, it might seem cool to be the person who pushed a train, you know, up a mountain. But you know what's even cooler? Talking to bro who's in charge of the little switch that starts the train up so it can just roll up the hill. <laughs> Remember to try smarter, not harder, everybody. And that will be our close. Once again, I'm Libra Lester III. And I'm Paul Singleton II. We're signing off, everybody. Be safe. Queens race. You run this hard just to stay in place. Keep up the pace, baby, keep up the pace. You run this hard just to stay in place. Legacy, 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 legacy. Black excellence, you gonna let them see. Legacy, 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 legacy. Black excellency, baby, let them see. Someday, someday, someday.